Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and today I'm joined by Cassie Christopher. She's a registered dietitian, emotional eating expert, and owner of Cassie Christopher Health Coaching. She has a master's degree in nutrition and specializes in helping women in midlife and beyond find the courage to trust themselves around food. She helps women stop the cycle of all-or-nothing dieting that leads to numbing emotions with food so they can develop a supportive relationship with their food, with their body, and their health so that they can eat with joy instead of eating to seek joy. Welcome, Cassie. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Now, this is a very important episode for many people, myself included. And emotional eating seems to be something that we know about, but many people don't talk about, almost like it's taboo. Can you explain why you think that is? Oh, I love that question. You know, what I've noticed is people just don't realize that they are doing emotional eating or that that is their problem on the one hand. Another reason I think we're not talking about it much is because I don't think anyone's really given a a real solution to emotional eating. You know, the advice that you tend to hear in maybe weight loss programs where this might come up is, oh, uh, stop doing it or, you know, distract yourselves, do something else. And what we know from research is that doesn't work. So I think we don't talk about it so much because people don't actually have workable solutions to emotional eating until now. (laughs) And let's give people some workable solutions. Now, I always ask the same three questions of my guests and everyone gives me such a varied answer. I absolutely love it. And I think the listeners really get so much from all these different perspectives. So the first one is, What can your expertise do to accelerate health, not just the physical, but also emotional and spiritual? Because we know with eating issues, including emotional eating, it's often something else that's driving that eating pattern. Exactly. And what I do, like you said, when you were introducing me, is I help women in midlife and beyond create a supportive relationship with food, their bodies, and their health so that they can eat healthily with joy instead of eating to seek joy. 
And what happens is the current solution to eating struggles is often all or nothing dieting, where you feel like you either have to eat perfectly or what's even the point, you know, and people think, well, I blew it today. I'm over my calories, my carbs, my points. So I'm just going to, you know, go all out and start again tomorrow or next week or next year. And what happens is that sets us up for this all or nothing relationship with food and our emotions because we get disconnected from the physical sensations of satiety and hunger when we're using these external tools to tell us when we should stop eating or when we should start eating. And then that all or nothing dieting also disconnects us from our feelings because we're not paying attention to how we're feeling and how that's impacting our eating and what's going on for us. We're just saying, oh, we can't eat now. That's not on the plan or you know, not paying attention that there's feelings there at all because food works to numb and then, you know, overeating when there's that emotional stimulus. And the truth of the matter is there is nothing wrong with eating emotionally. It works. You get a dopamine hit in your brain. You get these feel-good chemicals when you eat. It allows you to give yourself a a cushion between you and discomfort uh, in the moment. You know, of course, later on when you're over full, that discomfort comes back in a different way or when you feel guilty, all of these things. But in that moment, you get to numb the feelings, the difficulty. And so that all or nothing dieting really ends up disconnecting us, like I said, from our physical body, our emotions, so that we don't trust ourselves around food anymore. We don't know why we're eating, you know, the emotional reasons. We don't know when we're full or when we're hungry. And so it feels like we can't be trusted when there's chocolate in the house or, you know, name your food of choice in the house. And that really creates this adversarial relationship with food, where food is the enemy with yourself. You feel like you can't be trusted, and it takes the joy out of eating. Very much so. Now, we talk about wealth here as well. So it's not just financial, but also personal and emotional wealth, because if you don't believe that you can do something, of course, that's when emotional eating creeps in. And We mentioned about seeking joy through food. A lack of wealth can lead to, I guess, misguided seeking from the food. So what are your top three tips to creating wealth? Yeah, I I really appreciate this question and, and this expanded definition of wealth because oftentimes women come to me and and the stimulus to come to me is they want to lose weight. They've tried and tried again, and they feel like they know exactly what to eat, but they can't figure out how to get themselves to eat that food. And if anyone is out there listening and going, oh, that's me, I want you to know that you're not alone. I talk to women like this um, and men as well every single day. And so When it comes to tips to create wealth, uh, we have to go back to, again, what is the root of the problem? It's that all or nothing dieting that's made us distrust ourselves. We can't, you know, trust ourselves around food anymore. And so how do we gain that trust back? And that is by cultivating what I call the courage to trust. 
And that's the courage to trust that food isn't the problem and neither are you. So often we blame ourselves, right? Or, or, or you know, we blame the food around us, but it's the behavior um, that we can trust ourselves to fix. We need the courage to trust that we can hear and respond to the cues that our bodies are giving us instead of eating to numb or restricting for control. And the courage to trust that we can mindfully indulge and consistently make nourishing choices. And lastly, the courage to trust that we are worthy of care and love just as we are, even while pursuing weight loss. And that self-respect and self-acceptance is a really big part of creating this wealth so that you can eat with joy. So I shared several pieces in there with you around the courage to trust. And I have four pillars to that courage to trust method. But really, I think when I'm thinking of three tips for the audience, the first is really self-compassion, you know, recognizing that you're not the problem, that you are worthy of care and love, that it's okay to make mistakes. And when you do make mistakes, you can, you know, get back on the wagon of caring for yourself. And you can build on the momentum, the small wins when you are being compassionate to yourself. The second tip I would share is really around calming your nervous system. I know that, you know, you talk about stress a lot as well and and the impact that that has uh, on your health journey. But what I've found and, and research shows that when the stress hormone cortisol is high, when it's elevated, people choose less healthy choices and they eat more. And so one way to make it easier to care for yourself is to calm your nervous system. And if anyone's out there thinking, rolling their eyes, <laughs> because I know I've been there, you know, it's so easy to say, don't be so stressed out, Right. Uh, you need to do your stress management. You need to meditate, whatever. I think those of us who run towards a more anxious disposition, we hear this and we roll our eyes because if we knew how to de-stress, if we knew how to calm our nervous system, by God, wouldn't we do it? And so the thing that I want to share here, and I don't necessarily get into this all the time in my work, but it's coming up in my head right now. And so I think it's for this audience is that Maybe you have a history of trauma, whether that be childhood trauma that you, you know, can can remember or identify, or maybe there is trauma from dieting that when you step on the scale, you feel terrible about yourself and, you know, tracking helps you feel in control, but also, you know, makes you feel really bad about yourself. Like I have found from the women I work with that decades and decades of all or nothing dieting really can seem to impact uh, women similar to a history of trauma. And so part of calming your nervous system and finding that trust with yourself is, is really doing things to help your nervous system know that you are safe. And I work with my clients on things like breath practices, mindfulness, emotional freedom technique. You know, if there's childhood trauma that they need to work through, that's when I refer to say a therapist. So I just want to point that out that yes, we all know de-stressing is good. And if you've tried and tried and tried and you haven't been able to do that and you're seeing stress impacting your eating, you might want to think about trauma and potentially getting some treatment for that. Definitely. And if you do need that, you can visit holisticnaturalhealth.com.au and we can help you with your trauma. Now, Cassie, people are going to say, 
well, that's great for you, but you've never been where I am. So the next question is, have you ever battled your weight? And if so, what was the trigger to lose it? And what can you offer the listeners from your journey? Yeah, so I can really relate with weight struggles. I come from a family that tends towards obesity. And for me, I noticed my struggle with food when I was in grad school studying nutrition of all things. And I would end up in the school cafeteria every day buying a bar of artisanal dark chocolate thinking, hey, dark chocolate's healthy after all, right? Uh, And of course, over time, what I was doing, looking in hindsight, was using food to manage my anxiety and stress of that time period in my life. But it came to a head for me when I was at my heaviest weight and I started to have some health issues. I started to have some autoimmune issues and a lot of pain in my body. And I realized that the cycle that I was on where I was using food to comfort myself, whether it be crackers and cheese or chips and guacamole or you know chocolate or cinnamon rolls, whatever it was, I would alternate between that pattern, again, the all or the nothing where I would eat perfectly healthy and follow these you know guidelines that I was learning as a registered dietitian. And I realized that something wasn't working <laughs> to create this consistent health because I wanted to implement anti-inflammatory you know, practices to help my uh, autoimmune issues and, and my pain. And so for me, that really began the journey of something has to change. And by that time, I was a, a young registered dietitian and seeing what was working for my clients and what was working for me and realizing that the problem really didn't seem to be me or my clients. We get told that it's willpower and it's self-control and there's just something wrong with you if you live in a larger body. And none of those things are true. In fact, you know, there's weight stigma that is a problem in in our cultures. And so what I uh, decided then was I needed to figure out why I was relying on food to care for my emotions. And I had to stop the all or nothing dieting because that was certainly making it worse. And that's where my courage to trust method was born. I think it's very interesting that when we've been on our own weight journeys and, you know, people say, but you got it right first off and you don't have a bad day and find yourself in the cupboard or find yourself, you know, self-hating through food. And it's really important that we're open and honest that as practitioners, as therapists, we have been there. I know, you know, I spoke a lot on podcasts and in my books about secret eating. I knew that the potato chips I was eating weren't good for me and I was embarrassed that I was eating them so I would eat them in the cupboard so my kids couldn't see. So, you know, I just want to get across to the listeners that Cassie has some great information here, but we've both been there. We both understand completely what you're going through and you're not alone. I think many of us turn to food because we feel alone, we feel ashamed, you know, we feel like, why can't I stop this from happening? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I just so appreciate your point. And you're exactly right. Every person I've ever worked with 
feels that shame around their eating, you know, ordering a pizza and eating the whole thing themselves or going through drive through and throwing the food away before they get home so that nobody knows that they went through drive through or I had a woman tell me once when she finished off her bag of chocolates, she turned the bag inside out and then buried it at the bottom of the garbage can so that her family wouldn't know that she went through that entire bag so quickly. And so if you're out there going, oh my gosh, I do that too, you can see now that you're not alone. And the the beauty of that is when you're doing something that you feel is shameful, the definition of shame as uh, defined by Brene Brown, a famous shame researcher, is that shame makes you believe that you are unworthy of love and connection with other people. So you believe you're the only one, it's isolating, and you believe that because you're doing this behavior that you are unworthy of connection, you're unworthy of love with other people. And, and, I, and that really often will go uh, hand in hand with shame around body image as well. And so if that's you and you're struggling, uh, Brene Brown talks about two ways to heal shame. One is empathy from someone else. You know, you have to tell someone that you're struggling and you have to tell a safe person who's going to, you know, help you and be kind. And I know Magic and I are both more than happy to be that person for you if you don't have someone in your life. And the second piece is self-compassion, extending that same kindness that you need from someone else to yourself. And that's how you can begin to heal the shame around the eating so that you can bring it into the light and get help with it. Definitely. Some fantastic points there. And listeners, you know, you may feel like there's no resources, but Cassie's right here for you. And we're going to right now tell you how you can get in touch with Cassie. So how do listeners get in touch with you and get help with that food relationship? I would encourage anyone who has been shaking their head, yes, oh my gosh, this is me during this podcast, to go to my website, cassiechristopher.net forward slash free, and download my guide, You're Done Dieting But Still Want to Heal Emotional Eating. And in that guide, I'm going to give you a roadmap to help you understand what it's going to take to get healing, because so often people think the answer is the next diet or going back and doing that thing that you know they think worked before, although I would argue with that, uh, whether or not it worked. But I share with you, if it's not dieting, what is it? How do you get this healing from these eating struggles and give you the first few steps that you can take to get some positive momentum so that you're feeling good about yourself and your eating. Fantastic. Cassie, thank you so much for your time. You've shared some gems with the listeners and with me, and I really appreciate it. Is it okay if we do another episode? I would love to. Terrific. Listeners, I hope you've gained some really valuable moments from this episode. Thank you so much for your time. This was your episode 166, Go Forth and Create Your Magical Life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. 
That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.